Salem tells Sabrina that any rumours made in the other realm about the mortal realm come true. He then asks if she made any rumours about Hilda and Zelda. Uh, We then cut to Hilda and Zelda being abducted by aliens. (laughs) Uh, The pair of them and a farmer begin arguing about the situation, but it's soon cut short when a small alien in gym shorts takes the farmer away (laughs) to be probed. (laughs) The gym shorts! (laughs) Clearly, clearly... They got somebody in this alien costume, yeah. and he had a bit too much of a bulge. I yeah. thought it was a woman. Or a camel toe, one of the two. Anyway, there was, there was, there was too much genitalia on display, <laughs> so they very hastily... Went to the costume department. Found, ...and just found this random, nondescript <laughs> pair of black gym shorts with a white stripe on this grey alien. And, and a logo, which you can't quite make out, but it's definitely like an emblem for something. <laughs> yeah, for well, Umbro. Yeah, it's, it's not like Alien High. Is it? <laughs> no, it, no, it's a sports, it's a sports yeah. brand. Um... Yeah, a little alien in gym shorts. Just the standard grey, like, bulgy-headed alien. Yeah. Going... (laughs) In gym shorts. (laughs) Hello and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three young yellow-bellied yachtsmen review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. My name is Phil, I'm your captain of this fine yacht, and I am your host and guide through this wonderful journey that we like to call, sometimes, nostalgia. Joining me on this uh, cruise, this delightful cruise, that are my crew. My first mate, it's Mr. Graham Riley. Hello, Graham. Hi, Phil. It's it's good sailing weather. I'm just uh, turning as a starboard at the moment. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely going to be a, uh, a good voyage today. And as well, joining on this delightful voyage, as Graeme so nicely put it, is our cabin boys, Mr. Chris Evans. Ahoy there, Chris! Land ho! <laughs> How are we doing, my friends? Well, I'm, I'm alright until you refer to me as the cabin boy, and everyone knows Captain Pugwash, you know, Roger the cabin boy. Yeah. Seaman Stains. Cheers for that, mate. <laughs> You're very, very welcome. Master Bates, you know. <laughs> It was a very dirty show. Maybe we, maybe we should review that one next. <laughs> well, if we do, can we review the episode where they talk about a very big mast? <laughs> <laughs> oh, delightful. Uh, so, yeah, we are up to episode 25. It's a crack of this one, boys, isn't it? It's called The Rumour Mill. Dum, dum, dum. Uh, did we enjoy this episode, gentlemen? Uh, yeah, very much so. Uh, it's good to see Donald Faison... Uh, Back in, it was good to see sort of the figures of speech being brought to life for realsies. Um, it was great to see how every single major character really reacted to their world being turned upside the fuck down <laughs> in this episode. So, uh, yeah. indeed, I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, yes, I mean, this episode, uh, Sabrina goes to a literal rumor mill as part of a community service job to work towards her witch's license, but her rumors seem to come true in the mortal realm anyway well i mean that's fair enough no one actually specified saying that if you start a rumor about someone in the mortal realm it will come true they just said make up some rumors they find it entertaining (laughs) yeah make up some rumors because it's funny as fuck yeah that's what it was and yeah so her and uh, donald faison who is another halfie that we meet called dashel dashel calzone to be precise yes 
definitely a ripe breeding ground for gossip mm-hmm. uh, was was the high school, as you might imagine. Yeah. Lots of insecure teenagers trying to put each other down. How do you put somebody down? You make up that they've done something horrible. No rumours went around our school on the scale of these ones. We get a pregnant boy. We get uh, a, a uh, Libby getting kicked out of her own home, which is heartbreaking to watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and what's your Faculty oh, members entwined. Some faculty fucking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I've seen that one. Um, yeah. but, uh... <laughs> oh, oh, there was always rumours going around of teachers. Oh, oh yeah. That's what, that, what one of them was true. But the sport teachers. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, that was straight up true. I think a fair number of them are true, actually, because, I mean, you do tend to end up like with people you meet at work, so yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, there was there was one there was one room I remember in uh, in art class, and uh, the art, art teacher was uh, was dating uh, one of the music teachers, and a rumor went round that the reason why he was no longer in school anymore was because he'd been sacked for allegedly um, stealing his partner's money, mm-hmm. stealing her wages. Buying loads of cocaine, having a massive bender, and then getting arrested. And we're going, <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. That's a <laughs> classic, sir. And yeah, it was absolutely true. Absolutely true. Yeah. <laughs> and he pushed into a canal as well. Oh shit! Also, yeah, also, oh, also yeah. true. Um, and this man was absolutely deranged. So it does make sense. We should we shouldn't name him, but we should say that um, when we were twelve years old, making uh, Aboriginal boxes out of cardboard, and we weren't making them quickly enough, he said, "I can see some of you on the doll queue in future." <laughs> So, uh, and, and that's where we are. We're on the doll queue using what money we have to buy bacon and bread and podcasting yeah. equipment because I failed to make a, uh, an, an, a historically accurate wooden Aboriginal box. Yeah, and, um, you know, that's, uh, you know, you say, oh, yeah, go to a job interview, your CV is very impressive. I'm like, yeah, but did you finish your box? Like, <laughs> no. The episode opens up on Sabrina procrastinating and failing to start her paper. But hey, she'll have less distractions soon because Hilda and Zelda are taking a little trip, possibly to Atlantis. Yes. Where the kelp is in full bloom, Whoa, baby. God, have you oh. seen the pictures? Oh. See, oh. Yeah, seeing Atlantis when the kelp is in full bloom is, you know, one of my greatest ambitions in life. So just before we continue, though, uh, so obviously Atlantis of is you know this uh, a fictional uh, well, actually, yeah what what a, what, <laughs> what? <laughs> a mythical it's a mythical yes. uh, destination stuff. So how do you think that this falls into the concept of, of witches? Obviously, witches are living in space; they're supposed to be magical creatures. Does that mean these alleged myths and maybe um, like ancient gods and stuff are perhaps? real do you reckon they fall in the same bracket you could argue that the ancient gods you know zeus and hera and Ares and all of them they could have potentially been witches that then ruled the world during that time in ancient Hmm. greek time yeah that could be one theory and atlantis was um a, a home of witches so that when things were starting to fuck up and people started being accused of witchcraft and it was seen as a negative thing that's when the gods, the witches, then sunk Atlantis so that they'd be in a safe place. And then a select few witches remained rather remained in the mortal realm in this magical land of Atlantis rather than returning to the witching realm. Mm-hmm. And much like the Loch Ness Monster, there are people who insist that Atlantis is real. Mm-hmm. We've just not found it yet. Yeah. So maybe it's just that the witches know where it is. It's like Bigfoot as well. Yeah. Yes. Another witch. Big, Bigfoot, <laughs> I think, is a witch. And Salem did see the Yeti when um, he went up Mount Everest, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. 
Sabrina gets excited about having the house to herself, but a ball and chain is magicked on her ankle for her troubles. Titles are on, and uh, this is one we really enjoyed, but just because of the atmosphere we were watching it in. Uh, she's dressed as... Well, who is she dressed as? Is she like Marie Antoinette. Marie Antoinette. Yes. And she goes, let them eat cake and save me some. And we cheered because we were eating cake. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, you know, the, the odds are that we would be eating cake. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh... yeah, the, yeah, the odds were against us watching this going, mm, I might have some cake. But we were actually <laughs> getting into pieces of cake watching this. And we, we loved it. I think it's our favourite one today. Yeah, and with our stuffed faces, we went, cook. <laughs> so... Uh... <laughs> so if you want this episode to go down more of a treat than it already is, yeah, get yourself a slab of cake. You'll never feel better about eating cake than uh, when somebody mentions eating cake while you're doing it. Yeah. So, uh, when she's dressed as a nut, do you reckon we would enjoy it if we were eating, you know, a mouthful oh, of peanuts? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, and when the previous episode, when she was dressed as a jockey, if we were eating horse, we'd have enjoyed it as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Horseradishes. Or, yeah, no, yeah. you eat horse. Eat, oh, eat oh, horse. In every country apart from Britain where we yeah. find it offensive. But... <laughs> and then when you find it in uh, ready meal lasagna, it's, <laughs> everyone's in uproar. You know, yeah, yeah it's, it's eaten all over the rest of the world. Instead, we just turn them into glue. In the living room, and Hilda and Zelda are discussing where to go on their holiday. Hilda suggests somewhere exotic in space, uh, like the rings of Saturn and things, while Zelda wants somewhere American, or what's she, Americana, the real she, Americana. She wants to see the real America. She wants to journey across America, like Easy Rider style, just like yeah. finding mm-hmm. the soul of America. Yeah, and, and her idea of a great holiday is to go to Kansas to go and visit that giant ball of twine. Yes. And Salem's ears naturally prick up because he wants in on that. Yeah. It's... it's is that an actual thing, a giant ball of twine? I don't know, but a lot of small American towns to attract people to their sleepy corner of the world uh, do often have giant versions of things for um, people to come and see. Yeah. Or, or um, just or magical collections of things. Yes. Like if, if any of our listeners have ever um, w- wanted to go to, I forget, is it Southport or Stockport where we've got the uh, the country's largest collection of lawnmowers? Yes, so that's, that's, that's Southport. Yeah, so if you ever uh, want to come to Southport, then yeah, we've got... A, a delicious range of magical lawnmowers. And if you want to go to Stockport, you have the National Hat Museum. <laughs> oh, so, um, wow. We've, we've, we've got it all, really. Um, uh, and if you don't enjoy it, I'll eat it. <laughs> <laughs> we've also got the Pencil Museum, let's not forget that. Kendall, yeah. that is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not a pointless trip. <laughs> <laughs> also, in... Uh, is it in Keswick or is it Windermere? They're, they've got that uh, thing where they've got all the cars from the films, haven't they? Like the oh, Batman yeah. and Herbie I think and that's Keswick. Kes- Keswick, yeah. yeah. Um, got so many magical things. And yeah, so yeah, get, come on down. Upstairs and Serena's essay is still going nowhere. But the Quizmaster rocks up to tell her that she must sign up for community service in the other realm. What? But I didn't do anything. Quizmaster says community service isn't just something pro athletes do to avoid jail time. Way burn. So yeah, bit totally of, relevant. Bit of socio political commentary that's just as relevant today as it is now from uh, from Nick Mackay there. Yeah, and and I guess it's the second really good piece of um, sort of social commentary to come from the Quizmaster because yeah. he's said this about pro athletes and community service, and also um, in um, you know a few episodes back about gun crime and and. Uh, and the mortal day to tell a mortal. Yeah. Yes. Sabrina wants. Uh, she had to use a ticketing system, so she wasn't just using a magic here and there for humans because they can't be trusted with uh, with magic because just like they can't be trusted with guns. So yeah. 
Yeah, a lot of good social commentary coming from a children's sitcom, isn't yeah. it? It's quite eye opening. Well, it's one of those. It's sort of slipped in. It's not all. It's not right there in your oh, face. It's, so it's, it's like it's not laid on thick. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a throwaway comment, but it's very good. It's very poignant. Yeah. Uh, it turns out that charity work helps grant witches their licenses, and she must do it alone without the help of our quizmaster. Yeah, it's like it's like work experience, volunteering to mm-hmm. get uh, to get a degree or something to get your certificate it's part of the course yeah at the community service expo Sabrina bumps into Dashiell who is our Donald uh, phase and we we spoke about him briefly when he appeared here in Magic Joel but uh, yeah it's a nice welcome return for him to be playing a a character over the next sort of couple of episodes three episodes I think he's including yeah. this one there's, yeah there's definitely reason for you to want to see him again just out of plot intrigue yes. um, in, uh, yeah. in this episode by the end but he, I think I think he played, played a good character and I think sort of him and Sabrina sort of bonding was pretty believable because I mean let's face it they are some of very few people it seems on earth who can really relate to one another because obviously she can't tell any mortals what's really going on and Witches are just weird, aren't they? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they don't really understand why people who live in the other realm, and even Hildred and Zelda, really don't quite understand why you can't just go through mortal high school mm. as a mortal, and how you don't just go insane. Like, yeah, it, it's really good that they've chosen to put another character in who is also half witch, yeah. half mortal, because they're just so in, they're instantly like so relatable together and I think because of that they're so they naturally bounce each other in in a way that yes Serena and Harvey don't yeah so it's great to see a a more sort of looser side of Sabrina as as much as Sabrina and Harvey you know obviously have chemistry and as you know as as happy as they make each other Sabrina has a massive part of her life that she can't tell him she Mm. has told him but obviously the memory's not uh, stayed with twice yeah twice he's found out yeah so uh, yeah it's just she can she's he's literally the only person she can be herself around if you think about it of of her own sort of age bracket Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. Yeah. well not only that but everyone else all the other people that we've seen they're either immortal or a witch so she can't win the witches don't understand mortal problems the mortals won't understand the witch problems now we she has someone in her life, right there with her, going through the exact same yeah. shit. And he lives in the same state, doesn't he? Yeah. So he lives, uh, I think, like a bus ride or so away. But yeah, he yeah. lives lives in uh, lives in Massachusetts. So, uh, yeah. So again, someone fairly close that she can get fairly close with. Yeah. Which is good. Uh, another character who pops in is Mr. Bobby Calzone, who <laughs> yes. is uh, Dashiell's uncle yes. and the proprietor of An Easy Way Out, which is, uh, I guess, like an agency for this community service, as well as owning a Stromboli stand. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I don't quite understand what Stromboli is. I don't either. I imagine... This is a Google for fuck's sake moment. Yeah, I'm on it. Um, (laughs) Jesus Christ. A type of turnover filled with various cheeses and cold cuts or vegetables. The dough used is either Italian bread dough or pizza dough. So it's like... It's like a snack... Sized calzone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm, not really miles, it's not like really a, from a calzone. It's like a wrap. Okay. Like a sandwich wrap toasted using pizza dough rather than a fajita wrap. It looks a bit like a Swiss roll. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> <sure. laughs> All our British listeners are like, yeah, got it. No, got it. I know no, exactly that, what yeah. you're about. All our Swiss listeners are like, what? <laughs> it's not really Swiss. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Swiss <laughs> listeners, what we mean is a British roll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
like calzone and pizza um, stromboli um, was invented by Italian-Americans. More on them later. <laughs> yeah, we get a lot of Italian-Americans in this episode and they are hilarious. Um, yeah, we might as well introduce him because he comes in now, our Bobby Calzone. Uh, Graeme, you've got the lowdown on this gentleman. This is uh, Mr. Fred Willard. He is a veteran, a veteran of... Uh, American comedy acting. He's he was in like Johnny Carson sketches, like going back to the sixties and seventies. Um, he's been in a lot of different like comedy films over the years. Spinal Tap. He was in um, to probably more recent times. Probably his best known film role, at least, is uh, playing Ed, the uh, news station boss in uh, in Anchorman. Anchorman, yeah. Um, and he uh, was in Everybody Loves Raymond. He was Raymond's uh, father-in-law. Um, and he's he's well into his seventies, but he's, he's still pretty active. He's yeah, he, he was in. Um, he played Michelle's dad in um, American Pie: The Wedding as well. Yeah. Yeah. So he's and like he, the Jim's. Jim's Wally as well. He was the the owner of. Company. Oh yes, he yes, was the, he, was, he was the yes. head of it. Yeah, yeah, no, he was the president. Yeah, that's he it. was the president in in Wally. Yes, yeah. he was. Yeah, so it's a, he's got a, such a recognisable voice yeah. and face, and I think he plays the role of a turtleneck wearing wheeling. Dealing son of a bitch really really well. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's a yeah. He's a he's a he's a the one of the ultimate that guys in American yeah. comedy. And yeah, he's, he's very talented and he's, he's very good in this, uh, yeah. this role. I th- yeah. He's he's one of. I mean, all our guest stars have always have always been really really good. A bar, bar, bar like the sports stars. All, all the people who are professional entertainers <laughs> have been good. I'd yeah. Say. Uh, but yeah yeah no, a friend. Yeah, he's really good in this episode. I think yeah, he's one of the best sort of side character slash villains we've had. Yeah. In this show so far, Bobby Calzone. So uh, yeah, it's great that he's featured quite heavily in this episode. So yeah, so he runs Easy Way Out, which is I would say like like an agency for our witchy community service. It just so happens that Dashiell is a half breed too, as he uh, admits to Sabrina, and they both bond and get shipped to the rumor mill, the USO of community service. And how did he describe it? It's kind of like he said, and this is as nineteen ninety eight a reference as you can as you can uh, give. He said that basically rumors provide entertainment to the witching community is how he says it like you're helping vulnerable witches by spreading rumors because that's what keeps them going gossip so he said that essentially working at the rumor mill is like river dance with a conscience river dance being the, the stage show um, created and starring michael flatley that was all the rage in the late 90s uh, we discussed didn't we phil that uh, mr flatley uh, was voted by people magazine to be the most beautiful man in the world in yes. 1997 since then, we've moved on to the next calendar year, 1998. <laughs> and uh, with this uh, mention of Riverdance, it prompted us to investigate who were the most beautiful people in the world in 1998, in the opinion of the fine folks at People magazine. So I found this list uh, courtesy of amiannoying.com. <laughs> Thank and you very much. If it's referring to this list, then it very much is so because I've only got the top 43. So, <laughs> so I what happened to the other seven? So, uh, so I sadly cannot say. Is it uh, list of 50? <laughs> And they've stopped at 43. <laughs> Is there another page? No, there isn't. No, that's it. So I'm going to run, do a few, uh, run down a few names and numbers yes. for you. Uh, number 36 was Enrique Iglesias. Oh, very, very See? nice. 34, Brendan Fraser. He was, he was still out thing. and about, wasn't he? He was, he was George of the Jungle. He'd been... Uh, yeah. Uh, the the films, yeah. Yeah, he'd been leaping around in a loincloth uh, most recently in 98, I think. And he was built like a brick shit house. He was. Uh, very good looking he, man he was yeah. at the time. 32, Anna Konnikova. 
Oh, yeah. Go. Oh, yes, please. Uh, just behind Neve Campbell. Oh, yeah. Did she scream films? Scream, yeah. Scream. Neve Campbell, scream, yeah. Who is just behind it? Number 30. This is surprising. I would have thought he'd be a bit bigger. Uh, James Vanderbeek. No. Number 30. Uh, number, well, it was <laughs> Dawson's Creek would have just really started. Yes. So he was quite young still. One, I would have sworn she would be in the top five at t- uh, top 10 at least Sarah Michelle Gellar 27 in 98 yeah Ooh, you'd, have, you'd have thought yeah, so yeah. Buffy yeah yes. wait was Cruel Intentions out by then or is that later is that I like think, 2002 I think it's a bit later Cruel yeah. Intentions yeah because she I think she was at the top of everyone's list after that movie I yeah think. Uh, Olivia Newton-John, 26. Yes! Love uh, Olivia Newton-John. Helen Hunt, 25. Okay. Yeah. Got some good names. 23, Tom Selleck. Oh. Oh. <laughs> well, we've, we've expressed our love for moustaches in the past episode, so yes, of course. This is a bit weird. Number 17, Prince William. How old was Prince William in 98? Was he like, was he still a kid? Yeah. Because <laughs> you've seen, well, yeah, like I think just see. just a teenager. Yeah. Well, okay. So he, he was born nineteen eighty two. Sixteen, oh. and he's the seventeenth most beautiful person in the world. Leonardo DiCaprio did better than he did last year. He was number fourteen. Well, just after Titanic. Yeah. So yes. Titanic was released in ninety seven. He was. Yeah. He was in the twenties or the thirties, I mm. think, and the year before. Will Smith. Okay. Number okay. ten. Yeah. Fresh Prince. Yeah. Uh, Halle Berry just ahead of him at number nine. Yeah. Well, yeah, the other Flintstones film <laughs> come out. Yeah, so, yeah, sure. Here we go. Number six, Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, it's a uh, sliding doors era. Yeah, aren't we it was, here? Yeah. yeah. Now, <laughs> number five, I was in hysterics when I, when I certainly, saw you, this. You certainly were. And you refused to. Who tell do us. you think was a respect? Well, not necessarily respectful, but a well-known figure from like 1990. Oh, I think Tony Blair. It's Tony yes. Blair. Tony fucking Blair. Tony Blair is apparently. The Tony, most beautiful Tony. person in With the world. With the ears. <laughs> yeah. Now, this, well, this this is fo- well. It's more like obviously the, the you know the hideousness of his soul would be the reason why it would be laughable to me. But in 1997-98, it's easy to forget that Tony Blair had an almost Barack Obama-like reputation as like here's this young cool guy who actually understands you know sort of the modern world. He's come to take over from these stuffy old curmudgeonly old farts, you know, these Tories that we've had. Tony Blair was sexy in the late 90s just because he represented something new. Yeah, number five, though, ahead yeah, of, like, was... ahead of, like, Leo, you know, as I said, he's just stepped out, was just stepped off the Titanic, you know. Yeah. Very strange. Uh, yeah, number three as well, I, I assume this picture is from the time, Andre Bocelli. He's, like, Michael Flatley attractive, I guess, and he was number one, you know, yeah. like, weird because I guess the people that worked for People magazine are into his stuff. Well, Talent is attractive, and I, and I know um, much like, much like Riverdance being a big thing. I remember like he was he was definitely the opera singer, one of the sort of big sort of opera stars of the time. Opera was big in the late nineties. Yeah. I get the feeling like it had a, a real commercial renaissance for for one reason or another. Mm. I'm not sure why, but yeah. Number one, Sandy Delal, or oh, Delal, a designer, a fashionista is Whoa. Sandy Delal. He was a young blood in the fashion game, so yeah. There we go. Very, very much the era where, in the era before reality TV and things like that, like supermodels and just just the fashion world really were sort of they dominated like the gossip pages and like mm. stuff like People magazine. So it's probably not surprising to see a model or a fashion designer topping that list. Very different list to last year, though. <laughs> not, not only that, but I feel like. As soon as we hit Tony Blair, we just sort of nosedive there. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could hit Tony Blair. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to try and remember to do it next year. Yeah. Hopefully 1999 is a bit better. I, I will say this, though. I, I am aware that um, in 1998, People magazine voted Harrison Ford 
as the sexiest man alive. Okay. So that might be one redeeming quality for People magazine there. Yeah. Yeah. And again, yeah, carpentry is sexy. Carpentry is <laughs> carpentry. carpentry is sexy. And vintage aircraft piloting. That 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 that, <laughs> that, 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 always, that always gets me going. So yeah. Uh, yeah. So I tell you what is a question. How long do you think it will be until Melissa Joan Hart's on this list, do you reckon? Because in a similar vein to like Sarah Michelle Gellar, I would have thought that mm. as as the season progresses, then maybe, you know... Yeah, you would have thought, but I think we're pretty much... She could have been between 44 and 50, yeah, though. We, we would, don't know. We wouldn't know, and it would, um, I think, as um, fans have warned us, Sabrina's peak years are very much its 90s run, 96, 97, 98, yeah. 99, so she's running out of time, I think, to be on there before the show becomes a bit... We've got, we got, we got, we got one more year. I think we've got two more seasons before it, it takes a, a considerable nose. And maybe we'll find something to appreciate in, uh, in its mm. 2000s output. We'll see. Well, it's for them. Well, let's revel and enjoy the 90s. Back home, and Hilda and Zelda are all packed and ready to jet off in their pickup truck. Salem calls Shotgun, but it turns out he has to stay and supervise Sabrina. Whoa, 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 he says. Are you telling me that this family is going to see the world's largest ball of twine and the cat isn't coming? With all due respect, ladies, would I leave you behind if I were going to see the world's largest eligible bachelor? So, Phil, let's conduct, uh, consult People Magazine's list of the uh, 50 largest eligible bachelors in 1998. At the rumour mill, and Sabrina and Dashiell are having their orientation in the rundown, empty, busy workplace. All they need to do is think of a rumour, place it in the black hole, and hey presto, word will spread. The example they use is Sabrina's quiz master likes to wear a skirt, and he bloody well should because he's got great legs. He's yeah. got, as we established, he's got an amazing set of legs. Unfortunately, yeah. when we do see him in the skirt, it's quite quite uh, long, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. And he complains about the hemline, which yeah. means he wants to wear a shorter one. <laughs> he wants to wear a shorter one, doesn't he? Uh, so we had to hope. I hope we do get to see his, his beautiful pins later on in the show. But yeah, so they're at the room and Billy started off a rumor. They get the idea and they. Uh, they then realise that they uh, they don't know any witches. Calzone just says, you know, like it's it rumours really entertain the masses, the witches. It brings particularly downtrodden witches up. It yeah. gives them a reason to to live or reason to exist. These funny rumours, but they don't know any witches between them. So they it's just... like the equivalent of our soaps. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they uh, they realising that they don't know any witches between them because they both live in the mortal realm. They decide, well, why don't we why don't we write some rumours about people we know in the mortal realm because that will be funny. So that's what they decide to do to entertain themselves and write about mortals. The um, the apparatus of the rumour mill basically, yes. you write something down, you drop it in this vacuum. There's also two giant gears turning that appear to serve no purpose. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very elaborate set for. Um, Especially for the episode not to take place primarily there and stuff. Yes, but part of this episode also takes place on a spaceship where we're talking about elaborate <laughs> sets. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we'll, we'll be we'll on board the there. spaceship in no time anyway. Uh, so Dashiell writes about his local quarterback captaining, uh, captaining the synchronised swim team as well. Yeah. You know, so ha ha ha. Whereas Sabs writes about Libby uh, saying that she's apparently had to move out because her parents think she's too mean. Oh, just look how much fun they're having together, guys. Yeah, well... That- even though it's a rumour, that's a fucking harsh fucking rumour, that. Is, yeah, that's only funny to one person. But, obviously, we find that the witches are quite mean, we, aren't we, they? Already uh, know. we already know they're yes. very mean, especially to mortals. So, uh. <laughs> yeah. so anything about mortals, obviously, is just going to uh, make them laugh. So, yeah, so if, if their smiles and giggles weren't proof enough, just listen to that seductive saxophone-ridden spinning newspaper montage. Yes. 
I enjoyed it. Yeah, I very much enjoyed good it, and as did the witches enjoyed reading their uh, rumours, because we see some spinning newspapers, we get... Uh, oh, Faculty Romance Rocks Westbridge. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. And also, A Pregnant Boy. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Nice. So, as these spinning uh, papers we see, and we see a witch on his deathbed, read it and get up, and he's fine. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We see a priest leading a condemned man, assuming to whatever the witch equivalent of the chair is, yeah. um, sharing with him uh, one of these headlines, and just have a little giggle together, don't they? Yeah. So, so they are doing good. Yeah. yeah they're, they're doing what it was said. It brings them hope, brings them joy, brings them entertainment. Yeah. And it works across the board. Doesn't matter if you're on your deathbed or about to be led to death's door. It's funny. You take that moment. Yeah, absolutely. So they, uh, yeah. So this is a, a wonderful montage. And throughout, there's an awful lot of tomfoolery and tickling as well. Oh yeah, they they are they are um, they're having fun together. Yeah, think things things are yeah. going in a bit of a steamy direction, aren't they, boys? They're, they're reveling in each other's company. Yes. Yeah. I think it's... they're more attracted to each other the fact that. They're being witches together, which yeah. is obviously something you can't get from from anyone else. You think, it, yeah? As we've already said, it must be a massive uh, relief and release for mm-hmm. both of them to actually be able to just be themselves. Sabrina says, "Like, I think we definitely picked the best community service." And Dasha says, "Well, I would have happily washed old witches if I was doing it with you." And this kind of progresses towards a bit of the episode and we'll, we'll talk about how we felt about that later but their flirting is broken up when Bobby Calzone returns the hills are alive with the sound of gossip it's one of my favourite musicals we've not started this many rumours since Walter Winchell worked here and for all you uh, nerds thinking are you going to google it I did beforehand fuck you ahead of the game I actually wrote this in my notes <laughs> uh, he was a 1920s and 30s like infamous radio and tabloid gossiper Nick, he had Mc- lots Nick of... McKay dropping those references <laughs> <laughs> squarely aimed at the target audience <laughs> <laughs> yeah apparently yeah this bloke he had lots of connections uh, he had lots of like mob connections and stuff and he was able to spread uh, rumours and gossip about yeah, it well, well so. the mob connection thing is a little appropriate for uh, yeah uh, absolutely uh, so Sabrina and Dashiell agree to meet at the rumour mill again tomorrow at 3 no make it 3.15 and we await the results of their gossiping we're at school and we're treated to a heartbreaking scene of an upset Libby being walked uh, away by her friends just because they've threatened to kick me out doesn't mean they've stopped caring, she says. Oh, it was, bless her. We've had a few uh, instances, obviously, um, like yeah, with the five eater pieces of Libby and, and a few other snatched moments in other episodes where you do kind of see the human side of Libby and you are made to pity her a little. But this episode, God, every time she appears, our hearts just go out. Yeah, because it's, it's just horrible this situation that must make no sense to her because there is no actual reason behind it no. other than some dickhead writing a rumour <laughs> yeah because it's not like some other cases of magic where kind of like, like for example when they went into the 60s is probably the best example yes. where it's as if they've always been in the 60s and they don't notice a problem yeah. everyone who's affected by this this magic rumour their lives have suddenly changed yes. so they remember what their life was just pre- uh, up to this rumour and they're just living it like it, and it's it's horrible, especially this one. The fields are thrown out the window where Mister Craft and Miss Quick go to fuck in the library. <laughs> <laughs> it was I so confused. I was so confused by that entire endeavor. I was just like, what, what, what is this? What, why? What? And they were like giddy little school children, and then it was like, should we? Shouldn't we? And I was like, 
Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> and they, yeah, they, Mrs. Quick's the one that instigates it, yeah, which absolutely. I think is really funny. And she's like, uh, oh, she loves, I can't remember exactly what she says, but she loves to be daring and stuff. Yeah. And she pulls him by the tie into the library and he checks his watch to see how long he's got. And they go and fuck in the library. Yeah. (laughs) That's the most, is it probably the most overt reference to sex in the show so far? Well, we had a threesome reference, didn't we? (laughs) I guess we did, but yeah. I mean, in terms of, like they are going to fuck right now. Yeah. I mean, there was like in, obviously in terms of like the, the quiz show episode, you know, it sort of like plays on the whole idea of, of affairs and you know like a bit on the side and things yeah. like that. But I think this is the most obvious. Those two characters are going to fuck right now. Yeah, I don't think there's been another scene like that. Before. Yeah, it was so blatantly yeah. like, yeah, they're they're gonna yeah. they're gonna go and do it. So two rumors she wrote of sprung life. Could this get any worse? Well, yes, because a pregnant Harvey with a big belly and tender breasts runs off to be sick. He does. He's, yeah, he's in the seahorse way. Yeah, yeah he is. Yeah, he's... Sabrina runs home and upon opening the dining room sees Salem surrounded by the mafia, which is an oddly familiar ring to that cat becomes mob boss rumour she also started that we see in a spinny newspaper. Oh my goodness me. This yes, is just quality. Yes. <laughs> I, I, God. And it makes sense as well because Salem, you know, presumably was once in charge of a... Um, society of evil people that did his bidding. And, and impressionable evil people. Yeah, I impressionable guess, yeah. evil people. So he's 100% at home as the head of... Well, they represent the five families, he says, of Westbridge. So <laughs> yeah. these are the heads of the, you know, sub, of the sects of the Westbridge Mafia. Mm-hmm. And he seems to have superiority over all of them. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sorry... How cute did he look in his suit? Oh, well, he says one of the best things about being a mob boss is he gets to wear a cool suit. Yeah. He, says, he has to, doesn't he? He's got he? a cool suit. He's got a little hat on. It was just so awesome. It's great. I mean, the, the mob bosses are great. Um, so Salem introduces Sabrina to his gang. <laughs> <laughs> You've got Don Calamari, Don Amici, who's an American actor. Yeah. <laughs> Don Tutti Frutti. <laughs> Favourite. <laughs> and then, of course, Don... Dun dun <laughs> So funny. I mean, it's too silly to be racist as well. Yeah, 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 it's too silly to be racist. But it, again, I think that's fantastic. And Don Calamari as well has the line of the show. Yes, he, does, yes. he does later on. So yeah, we'll get to that. But Salem tells Sabrina that any rumours made in the other realm about the mortal realm come true. He then asks if she made any rumours about Hilda and Zelda. Uh, We then cut to Hilda and Zelda being abducted by aliens. (laughs) Uh, The pair of them and a farmer begin arguing about the situation, but it's soon cut short when a small alien in gym shorts takes the farmer away (laughs) to be probed. (laughs) The gym shorts! (laughs) Clearly, clearly, they got somebody in this alien costume. Yeah. And he had a bit too much of a bulge. I yeah. thought it was a woman. Or a, ca- or a camel toe. I, I, thought, I thought it was a woman. Or a camel toe, one of the two. Anyway, there was, there was, there was too much genitalia on display. <laughs> so they very hastily... Went to the costume department. Found, and just found this random, nondescript <laughs> pair of black gym shorts with a white stripe on this grey alien. And, and a logo, which you can't quite make out, but it's definitely like an emblem for something. <laughs> yeah, for so, Umbro. Yeah, it's, it's not like Alien High. Is it? <laughs> no, it, no, it's a sports, it's a sports yeah. brand. Um... Yeah, a little alien in gym shorts, just the standard grey, like bulgy-headed alien. Yeah, um, going in gym shorts, trying to like probe this poor farmer. Like while the farmer was just brilliant. 
Yeah, that's all you needed. It yeah. was like if it was just Hilda and Zelda. No, the farmer made that yeah. entire thing. The, the, the movie trope abducted yeah. farmer who yeah. he's been abducted. This is the fourth, fourth time, time. Did he yeah, say? Yeah. yeah. Oh, great, yeah. But it's a very elaborate set we've mentioned about our set. So. Well, I mean, it's, it's 70s Doctor Who stuff. Yeah. But the difference is that 70s Doctor Who episode would all be built around that alien spaceship, yeah. whereas this is only in a few scenes. Yeah, see, so there's lots of flashing lights, they're all stood in buttons, like... Buttons, mate. Yeah, buttons, lots of buttons, buttons everywhere. screens. Valves. Um, sort of <laughs> yeah. Uh, gym shorts. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're full works. Speaking of valves... Where the fuck was Valerie? Valerie. <laughs> Valerie. <Yeah. laughs> uh, I failed to mention uh, in the Disney World episode that was her last appearance for this season. Oh. oh right. okay. So uh, yeah, bye Val. <laughs> See you in season three. So she, she'll be back. Yes, she'll be back. Michelle yeah, yeah, yeah. situation. We're going to lose her. Lose yeah. another best friend. No, 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 uh, no. She'll appear oh. in the next season. I was yeah, going to so say she's she's she would have been awesome for have to have rumors spread about. Her. Oh my god, she, like... was, no, she would have killed herself. Not <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if there were good rumors like Salem being a mob boss. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> yeah. If there was anything that caused people in school to make fun of her, that would be it. <laughs> yeah, what could Valerie be? Yeah. yeah. Wins the lottery. Or uncovers a secret hidey hole. I don't know. Something good. I think it'd be a bit of like a, obviously relating back to Brendan Fraser, um, I think it'd be a bit like a bedazzled situation where any anything she wished upon Valerie would be done in the completely wrong context in which oh, yeah. she wanted to. Like, Brendan Fraser wanted to be rich, so he was, what, like a Mexican drug lord, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, a co- uh, cocaine drug lord. Yeah. Cocaine Cocaine, yeah. Um, <laughs> cocaine, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just going back to the, the, the Dons as well. I think uh, Don uh, Calamari says, do you mean to whack her? <laughs> <laughs> the, these, these guys, the funniest thing about these guys is you know... I mean, I don't know any of their, their backgrounds, so they're getting particularly well known, but you know they've probably played stock mafia characters in serious yeah. crime films and TV shows as well. <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't, uh, yeah, Don Tutti Fruity goes up to get something and he just goes like, gratty, <laughs> just like leaves, yeah. like really good. Cool. But yeah, do you want me to whack her? Yeah, and then... Sabrina, no one touches a hair on Sabrina's head whilst her mother is still alive. Yeah. It's like, what are they going to do? Go to fucking Peru and yeah. kill her mother? But if, yeah, if he just went, a mother, she'll whack her. And <laughs> just... uh, there's uh, talk of the Davis daughter's wedding and things as well. Yeah. Just, yeah, just full on God, Godfather, Godfather's references out with a zoo. Yeah, it's great. The next day in school, at a short-tempered, heavily pregnant Harvey is snapping at Sabrina. Whereas a very visibly upset and broken down Libby is crying in the corridor because her parents told her that they don't love her anymore and never have. We've talked about Jenna Lee Green's acting chops before. Like, she does actually, and Lindsay Sloan is similar, where she, dramatic moments, she does really play as legit drama. Yeah. And it it really gets you. She, she's, she's crying. Yeah. And it's, it's horrible. Just this, you know, this character you always see just being above each other, but no, uh, being above everyone else. But yeah, no, she's broken down, and yeah, she says her parents have never loved her, and her sort of like dressing table is just yeah. pushed up against a locker because she's is she sleeping in the school? Is she homeless? I quite possibly. possibly yeah. It's it's horrible. It's horrible it's to watch. Yeah, yeah. Oh man! But don't worry, guys, because Mr. Craft and Mrs. Quick go fuck again. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> don't worry. She pushes him up against the wall, and then they have this. Was, oh. She didn't say. She say, "Oh, come with me, Willard," or something. And he goes. Call me Vice Principal Craft. <laughs> but I think that's character consistent. Mr. Yeah. Craft wants people to remind him of his senior position yeah. within yeah. the um, 
provincial realm of the school while they fucked him, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why his wife left. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, call me VP for sure. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so they just go and, uh, yeah, just they touch each other up, don't they? And oh, they just go, unfortunately yeah. so. Yeah. And they're just, yeah, thinking of fucking again. And Sabrina goes, get a room! And then they, I guess, then do. I think they yeah. can get away with how full on they're being because they're sort of middle aged people and it's sort of played for laughs. Yeah. Like, I reckon two teen characters, like, Touch each other up like that mm. and things like that. Ooh. That would never fly. Yeah, two, two characters you know dislike each other doing something like yeah. that comes across as outlandish and silly, doesn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. so I guess like, it's all right. Two two people you dislike making the beast with two backs. No, thank you. <laughs> well, I don't say we dislike Mrs. Quick at all. Oh, sorry. That I meant that they dislike. They each dislike each other. other. Oh, they dislike each other. Sorry. 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 It was, uh, I worded it wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. Poor, poor English. Grazie. <laughs> <laughs> dun dun dun. dun. <laughs> Oh yeah, excuse yeah. me. That, that's the exchange. <laughs> Serena storms back into the rumor mill to find Bobby Calzone. Dashiell is there too because all of his rumors also came true. Listen, you don't know how bad it is. There's a really nice boy I know who's staring down the barrel of a C-section. You think that's bad? <laughs> My sister is a unicorn. <laughs> that's brilliant. What fucking rumor is that? Just, my sister became a unicorn. <laughs> they decide to zap in the Grizzmaster for advice, who rocks up wearing a skirt he ain't too pleased about. Nay, nay. Again? We, we are, though. Yeah, but not enough flag. Yeah, not enough flag. We jump back to Salem, who is asking his informants to whack Fluffy and leave a mouse's head in his bed. Actually, leave it in my bed. Yeah, actually, leave it in my bed. He says, there can't be any... It's something to do with the, how dare someone have a name that... Like belittles their yeah. position or something. Yeah. That's it. Go whack Fluffy and Dog Hammer's like, I'll get my best man. <laughs> and he, all, all through this scene, he's getting a fucking manicure. Yeah, yeah from, from, his from, arms from, outstretched. Yeah. yeah, and he's getting from a some, manicure from some arm candy. Yeah, but <laughs> I just like this image of Don Hammer just yeah doing to get my best man. Just these people like they've just got <laughs> professional killers. Professional killers standing next to a cat licking itself. <laughs> just. <laughs> Bullet in the head. We should sleep with the fishes. <laughs> it's a cat. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. We shouldn't laugh about yeah shooting a cat in the face. But in this fictional circumstance, it can be quite funny. Back in the mill, and it comes to light that Bobby Calzone is bad news because he has had a score to settle with our quizmaster ever since he well he got kicked out of the quizmasters industry for he I think well cheating think, yeah, yeah cheating yeah cheated, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so the Quizmaster snitched on him. But, well, not really snitching, he was doing his job. He was a whistleblower. Yes, he was yeah. a whistleblower. Well, he's Dashiell's Quizmaster as well. So I guess he's kind of like an independent third-party Quizmaster then, maybe. He's, he's a non-union Quizmaster. Yeah. He's, oh. a, he's a dodgy, like, backstreet Quizmaster. Yeah. Oh, God, you don't want them, do you? No, I mean, you, you wouldn't want a, a back-alley surgeon, you know, taking a kidney out, would you? Yeah. Oh, no. He's, he's, he's that of the Quizmaster world. Mm. Yeah. Sabrina, fearing for her own license, wants to do something that will fix everything. And it turns out that everything will slowly go back to normal. That's if she can start a vicious rumour about herself. She decides to spread that she has no teeth. And once the rumour catches on, Libby, Harvey and the two fuckers go back to normal. Yeah. Is it really that vicious, no teeth? I'm sure there could have been a more vicious rumour started. Well, people, people are... Horrified and disgusted by uh, oh, Toothless Sabrina, aren't they? Yeah, they're all laughing and they're all pointing like, <laughs> but it's nice because Libby, obviously, everything about her parents kicking her out is obviously no longer true, so she's all happy. She's walking down the corridor. Yeah, Mrs. Quick and Mr. Kraft 
obviously they're whispering just, oh my god did you hear Sabrina's got no teeth and then their sort of rumour snaps out and they go Ugh, and they, and they walk away Yeah, but it got me thinking mm-hmm. I know they were under a spell for this to happen but do they remember everything that they've done are they ooing at the fact that they're so close to each other or are they ooing at about the fact that they fucked in the library yeah Hmm. Can they no longer... Yeah, because like, Harvey references, oh, he thinks he just ha- had too much salt. Yeah. Later on, we see Libby on the phone and her parents are asking her back to move in. So I'm going to assume that they remember. Oh, yeah. oh, and something with Mrs. Quick. <laughs> oh, yes. She, yes. Said, she also is picking up the phone and saying she's calling the hotline for smart women making bad decisions. decisions. They remember fucking. Yeah. I do think uh, Martin Mull and Mary Gross play the... Um, <laughs> the Mortal enemies realising that they've just fucked <laughs> really well. They're like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone goes back to normal. Uh, and Harvey comes over, obviously, now with a shrunken belly. Sabrina, if you ever need your food pre chewed, I would do that for you. What a gent. What a gent. He, know, he absolutely yeah. would. Really. And he's, he's not. He's not. Um, what is it? everyody else is it's not just that they laugh at Sabrina they're repulsed by you know, this <laughs> yeah. toothless girl even Harvey because even though he's been nice he's like, uh, Sabrina says oh Harvey you make me smile and he goes oh please don't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no one's seen gummy Sabrina but nonetheless I mean you know he's, he's, he's not like ugh so you know he probably he probably would he probably would still go out with her even if she had no teeth yeah. which makes what happens a little later on all the more uh, distressing. Mrs. Quick tells Sabrina that someone on the phone wants to speak to her, but Kenji hurry up because she needs to call the smart woman foolish choices hotline. Yes. <laughs> uh, and in this shot, we see we see a poster. And yes. we one of our favourite things in this show is noting down uh, school posters. We did spot one earlier that we failed to mention. Um, very simple, just a couple of words. What was it, Graham? Saw with your own wings, and just has a gentleman, a gentleman uh, athlete, somebody, somebody in um, track wear, uh, just jumping through the air. I guess he's doing the long jump or something. <laughs> yeah. uh, high yeah. jump, maybe. Yeah, whole vault. There's no apparatus in view, though. Oh, that is very. He's true, just yeah. flying through the air. So maybe he's maybe he was just in a running race, and then he took flight. <laughs> mid, yeah. mid, mid and because he used his own uh, wings, it's fine. Yeah. He's off. Yeah. What wings, though? He had no wings, Phil. Yeah, he's put the, his own wings, the wings of the mind, Chris. Ah, <laughs> yes. so it's like Red Bull. Like, they were the, oh, wing, yeah, Bull, they were the yeah. wings in his heart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we see another poster, which I think it's I think it's my favourite one because it starts off pretty like not pleasant, but it feels like pretty like lowercase, and then the the last three words are all in uh, capital letters. It says, "Live for the future, not for the moment. Sex can wait." <laughs> Not for craft and quick, it can't. No, that, that's what made it so funny because this whole thing has just been about sex, like Mister yeah. Craft and Mrs. Quick fucking, and then you've just got yeah, live for the future, not for the moment. Sex can wait. Talk about subliminal messages. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, if you rush into it, you might fuck someone you don't want to. Yeah, yeah. And again, you know, young audience, you know, making sure they they, they know they know to uh, you know be sensible. To, yeah, uh, you got to be... take your time to think everything through. Yeah, children are impressionable. So hopefully, children of the '90s were watching these posters <laughs> as as intently as we were. Yeah, and they were terrified that they were going to die of AIDS, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that they they didn't they never ran because they were scared they'd take flight. Yeah, um, that they, they they eventually learned how to hitch a wagon to a car. Yeah, to a car. <laughs> star, star. <laughs> <laughs> That would be better post it. Hitch a wagon to a car. <laughs> to a car. Lewis uh, Hamilton's car. Hitch it to the hat. Um, 
Back home and Salem and his mob are eating nicely together until there's a massive crash outside and it turns out that Hilda, Zelda and the farmer managed to free themselves and crash land the UFO. Suddenly, everyone else's rumours cease to exist. Don Calamari stands up. Hey guys, that's Sabrina got no teeth. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how every, that's how every um, rumour dies. Is that it, they stop what they're doing and just start talking about Serena's teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Including the mob bosses you've never met. Yeah. <laughs> she ain't got no teeth. Hey guys, hey guys, that's Sabrina got no teeth. Best delivery of any line. And it's by this guy who's essentially an extra. <laughs> it's brilliant. It, uh, it's my favourite line in the entire duration of this show. Because it's so... I know everyone else is, is all been like, oh, have you heard Sabina's got no teeth? But the last person you expect to do it is a mob boss who's already threatened to shoot a cat in the face. And pronounce his teeth as teeth. <laughs> so, Sabina got no teeth. Um, yeah, um, for, for those of you who, don't, who haven't worked out already, this whole mafia thing is exactly our sense of humour. So we just love it so much. Yeah, Nick McKay really gets the story of We get him, don't we? Uh, everyone leaves and Salem tells Hilda and Zelda that Sabrina was called to the Witches' Council to testify against Bobby Calzone. At the hearing, and Calzone is nowhere to be seen, as Bobby's nephew, Dashiell, is called to the stand but claims he doesn't know where he is. And because they can't arrest a fugitive, someone else must be held accountable. Albert... And he's carted away. During that court scene moment, it's like uh, Sabrina says, uh, he's he's a straight up weasel. And the judge goes, right, wait, we're meant to be looking for a weasel. We've been looking for a man. Because <laughs> it could be entirely possible in the witch realm that an actual weasel did this. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's the same judge, not sadly not RuPaul, but it's the same judge from... Um, the... We've, we've had for a couple of episodes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, there's actually a recurring role um, by this judge. But, Consistently, um... always... To do with Quizmaster issues. Yes, so she is clearly the judge that presides over that, whereas RuPaul is the judge that presides over custody. Dasho uses his magical dandruff and magics both him and Sabrina back to the rumour mill. Yeah, I was going to say, well, well, Sabrina always uses her magic by pointing. Yeah. Up until this point, we never see Dasho use any magic. However, he scratches his head, it uses some green magical sparkles, and then they're just, they just appear. Maybe because he has his dodgy uncle... As his as his quiz master, maybe he's teaching him wrong. <laughs> maybe he's like, oh yeah, yeah, you got to scratch your head to do magic. Maybe he doesn't realise he can just point. Yeah. Or no, because every other every other witch we've seen points. Points, yeah. He's literally the only one who doesn't. It's really strange. It is. <laughs> it's maybe it's like they were pushed for time, and Donna Faison had to be on the set for somewhere else, and he did this line. He had a really bad itch, and he just had to get it, and he just scratched his head, and they were like. Oh man, we haven't got time to reset. Fuck it. That's how we use this magic. <laughs> well, we've got two more episodes of him, so we'll see if he does it again. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll see if it comes back up. If it doesn't come up, what the fuck are we going to think? I don't know. <laughs> we're we're going to go with the edit it she had and he didn't have time to retake <laughs> his magical dandruff. Even though he's bald. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Dashiell magics both him and Sabrina back to the rumour mill because, in fact, he does know where his uncle is, but jail would be fun for him because he's a wheeler dealer. So he writes a rumour to make him suffer, picking up dog poo barehanded for the rest of his days. And we see him doing uh, that. Well, not literally doing that. Yeah, we don't see no, him actually we, picking thankfully. up poo, but yeah. But we, we see him stood around looking at dogs being like, I've got to pick up their shit. Yeah. For doing a job well done, Dashiell and Sabrina hug, and then they have a little kiss. Yes, they do. Didn't know how I felt about that. Yeah, it's. It was weird to see Sabrina kiss someone else. But at the same time, I understand why. 
Yeah. yeah. It was bound to happen from the start. With the whole tickle fight thing. Yeah, right? with the whole... Yeah. And that's what always leads... That's why we've stopped tickling now, because yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll that, never get this one, podcast recorded. Yeah. Yeah, that one time where we tickled too much. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was the reason for... That's the real reason for the break between seasons, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. rumours were spread. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can understand why she would feel so close... Uh, to this guy who's literally the only person on earth she's met who shares her extremely mm. difficult and peculiar situation. And he's a nice guy, and they've had fun together doing this task. They've helped each other through it. Um, they've helped each other clean up the mess that it's made. You know, they've been through a lot together. Mm. They've been through more than Sabrina and Harvey have, in a way, in terms yeah. of the consequences yeah. of what they're doing and the fact he'll remember it afterwards, whereas Harvey never does when he's drawn into these things. You might say that they've been through the mill, Graham. Oh, 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 oh. There it is! <laughs> so there we go, episode 25, the penultimate ep. Boys, did we enjoy Rumour Mill? Fucking A, man. I really enjoyed it. I think very clever jokes, very funny jokes. A lot of laugh out loud moments in that episode, so uh, yeah, one of my favourites uh, so far anyway. Graham, what do you think? I Yeah, I thought it was a very good episode once again. I thought that the performances given in particular by by Mary Gross and Martin Mull were excellent. Just com- again, completely sort of changing character, but at the same time maintaining enough of who they were before this crazy rumour drew them together mm. that you could almost imagine it. And as I say, their reactions once that wore off. Uh, were fantastic and Jenny Lee Green's utterly heartbreaking performance of the she's young, so good she's so young, good yeah she's show. brilliant she doesn't get enough credit uh, from us <laughs> um, <laughs> from us yeah uh, yeah, as a, yeah. As, as a young girl whose parents have suddenly decided they don't love her anymore which is just the most heartbreaking thing imaginable yeah. the premise is fucking daft but I love the premise we've taken something you know uh, rumour mill we've taken that and it's an actual thing love it but that's the daft element it's the what it is it's the uh, fallout of the rumours that give us the human human yeah. contact mm-hmm. so such as Libby not so much um, Willard and Quick no or, or Harvey but that if it were if that storyline wasn't in there Libby's storyline wasn't in there it would I, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it as much I don't think they've mixed the wacky and the the human mm. um, quite so well as they have in this episode mm-hmm. on paper you know you've got those Salem's in the Mafia. I mean, that was one of the funniest things. That was fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was excellent. But obviously, it's, it's nuts. As is Hilda and Zelda being abducted by a uh, gym shirt wearing alien. <laughs> it's yeah. also nuts. You'd think, well, where would be the room for anything other than just wackiness in, in the episode? But they actually managed to put things in there, like Sabrina and Dashiell and the Libby situation that just got you emotionally invested in... Yeah. An absurd concept. But what we know, it, or, or the only thing we care about, is what Chris thinks of it. Me and Graham will disagree or agree with Chris. Mainly disagree. Mainly disagree. But he is our rank master. He is our official head of uh, scoring. And uh, each week at the end of every episode, he decides what this episode should be scored as. So, uh, Chris, our penultimate episode, number 25, Rumour Mill. What are you giving it? 7.5, Mice's Head in Fluffy's Bed. Mice's head in Fluffy's bed. 7.5, Graham, agree or disagree? Um, I'd probably go with 8. I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed the last one as well, but this had things, those things being Salem in the Mafia, that <laughs> just uh, just put it that bit higher. I mean, an alien in gym shorts here. <laughs> <laughs> so much. 
generally Green's magnificent acting. Just so many little things to enjoy about this episode. One of my favourites of season two, definitely. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm gonna give. Uh, I'm gonna give a whole mark higher than Chris. So I'm gonna give eight point five for this episode. Again, just pretty much everything. Everything you said, really. I think. I think the extra mark goes to the fact that it's. They just put gym shorts on the day. <laughs> I appreciate that a lot, so that gets more marks for me. Well, it's come to that point, guys. The season finale. Finale. Of finale of season two. Would you like to know what this episode's called? Go for it. It's called Sabrina versus Magic. Slash, because it's got two names apparently. <laughs> Found two names for this episode. All oh, right. Okay. Uh, Mom versus Magic. The DVD says Sabrina versus Magic. The internet says Mom versus Magic. Oh. Oh. Is this the episode? Where we meet Sabrina's mum and she gets turned into a ball of wax. So we get to meet Sabrina's mum, she goes visits her, she gets turned into a ball of wax because that's what happens to mortals, mm-hmm. a, a witch in training sees them, and then it's Sabrina trying to figure a way of not having a mum that's a ball of wax. Okay, maybe. I was thinking um, in the manner of American court cases being uh, entitled the defendant against the prosecution, yeah, yeah. something versus. Yeah, Kramer versus Kramer. Kramer versus Kramer, that sort of thing. Sabrina's mother uh, arrives and she's like, "This is ridiculous. You shouldn't have to be a witch. You should just live. You should just live a normal life." And maybe there's some sort of court case in the other realm where Sabrina, and maybe Sabrina agrees because she's been through the mill, as we say. Um, and obviously, the whole um, Dashiell coming into the picture has really jeopardised everything with her and Harvey. Maybe she wants out, and maybe they argue to have her witching powers removed and to let her just be immortal. Okay, some some elements in what you've. You've both said a kind of a right. Harvey and Dashiell meet and Sabrina must choose which boyfriend to have. However, that's not all she has to decide on. As for breaking the rules, she must choose whether she'd rather have magic in exchange for never seeing her mum again. Ooh. Ah. Stakes. Man. Stakes. So I have watched it. It's, um, yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a good episode. We... Is, it, is it a better finale than what was originally the finale? Well, that'll be up for you guys uh, to decide. It sounds like a grander finale. Yeah, no, it is a good episode, and uh, yeah, Harvey and Dashiell meet in uh, unfortunate circumstances. So I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that Dashiell fucks around with Harvey. So that is next week as our season finale. So please join us for that one. Otherwise, what was the point of doing this season? <laughs> <laughs> as for this episode, our penultimate one. Thank you very much from me, Phil Dean, for joining us. I'd like to thank my two comrades. Thank you, Graham. Uh, you're welcome. I'm off to go and have a wank over Tony Blair. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, uh, thank you very much to uh, Chris. Uh, not a problem. I now have a disturbing image in my head of Graham wanking over Tony Blair. <laughs> Here, guys. <laughs> Graham wanking off Tony Blair. <laughs> Sabrina the Teenage Watch is available in many different formats, so whether you're listening to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio or iTunes, please leave us a comment or a review. Your support means we get more listeners, and it means our hard work is not going to waste. And we can look at ourselves in the mirror. If you want to contact us or keep up to date with our episodes, you can follow us on Twitter at SabrinaWatch. And you can find us on Facebook, just search for Sabrina the Teenage Watch, and there we shall be. And thank you to you for listening wherever you are. And remember, may every little thing you do be be magic. magic.